As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Luka to switch him. That's why they keep sending Shamit up there. This is the matchup he wants right here. Look at the handle. That's Look at the try. Look at the score. Foul. Count it. <laughs> and he's having words for the Mavericks bench. He's looking at them all. Tim Hardaway Jr., Boban. He's even looking at Jason Kidd. We can just watch basketball. I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht, and with me tonight, it's my guy, Law Murray. Law, what's up, man? What's up, man? I feel good. How you feel? Man, I'm good. We got playoff basketball going on. The Heat just absolutely dismantle the 76ers team, 119-103. to In Miami, the Heat go up 2 nothing on the 76ers without Joel Embiid. I'll say this. Before we we just light up the Sixers, I love the way that Tyrese Maxey played tonight. And Can we Tobias, get him some help? And Tobias Harris. Both those guys were phenomenal tonight. Uh, Maxey's zipping up and down the court. I thought after the first quarter, I thought, man, is he going to be able to play with the same intensity the whole game? The answer was absolutely Yes. And he continued to push the whole game. He and Tobias Harris in the second half combined 13 of 17 from the field. 76% from the field. And yet, they still get blown out. And it's because there's really nobody else around them contributing at a high level. I mean, you said it, man. Those guys were 13 of 17 from the field. And they also made 13 out of the 17 second half field goals for the Sixers overall who might be missing from that (laughs) equation you know (laughs) let me let me tell you in the second half James Harden took five shots five oh of three in the fourth quarter one of two in the third quarter and it was similar in game one yeah James made one basket in the second half of game one And so we all know what it is. I think James can maybe start the game knowing what he wants to do. He'll facilitate. He'll understand and diagnose 
But even if he starts getting a spurt where he can put his head down and find some offense, James just has the kind of game where it's heavily reliant on the free throw line and the step back three. There's nothing in between, and he's going to get off the ball sometimes to his detriment. And so while you're looking at Tobias being extremely professional out there, while you're looking at Tyrese Maxey justify uh, why the Sixers were fortunate to get him uh, where they got him um, in the early 20s of, of, of that draft, I mean, James just – he doesn't have the extra gear, and he never really had the diversity in his game to take whatever the defense has given him. Because right now, James is, is, is perfectly fine letting Tyrese do his thing, but he's not, James isn't able to kind of lift himself up and get himself going once he stops. And that's before you get to the bigger issues, in my opinion – which is what Miami's offense is doing to these dudes. Yeah. And credit to Miami's defense. They figured out pretty quick that all they needed to do was just single cover James and then just play him for the pass. Because early on, he was throwing some lobs. He threw a couple lobs to DeAndre. He was finding other guys. But then they just started playing him for the pass. And it was just about over. Uh, because the Heat were fantastic. Bam Adebayo was incredible. I mean, he's catching oops, he's throwing oops. It was just such a fun night. And the difference maker and a a guy that could make a major impact not only in this series, but in the next series is Victor Oladipo, who looked really good tonight, not only offensively, but defensively, what he was able to do. I mean, James can't turn the corner really on anybody, but if you can't turn the corner on this version of Victor Oladipo, like you're in trouble, and credit to Vic. Like all the credit to Vic. Played 30 minutes off the bench, six of 11 from the field, 19 points, six boards. I thought he was phenomenal tonight. Andrew, you ever play basketball on your birthday before? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, that energy is different, right? <laughs> Victor Oladipo turned 30 years old, and you know you just gotta beware. If you got if you playing a dude on his birthday, he either gonna get his very best or are you going to get something where he at least going to have a story, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, a yeah. little bit too much night before or you got plans the night after maybe both. Victor was ready to play. He was ready to play. We saw in the Hawks series, he got on the floor because of his defense because they couldn't have Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson playing together. Uh, especially with Kyle Lowry dealing with a hamstring and not being able to play. They had a spot. Gabe Benson was going to start. Shout out to Gabe Benson because Gabe Benson's out here sliding into the starting lineup. And we're not even really talking about that. Like he just looks like he belongs, right? Mm -hmm. Just the number one seed in the East. But then Victor, (laughs) he got going. He got in rhythm because of the things that he was doing off the ball and on the defensive end of the floor. And being able to rebound from the guard, the wing position, now he's rounding into form because he's played consistent basketball for a good week or so. And that's how you get 19 points off the bench, which was one more than the sixth man of the year Tyler Hero had. And oh, by the way, Philadelphia's depth is in shambles because the entire 76ers bench had 19 points in this game. And so that's the issue with Philadelphia is – even if you get Joel Embiid back, who is going to be playing with a bad thumb and a broken face, <laughs> even if you get him back, yep. 
that just means you're completely eliminating the DeAndre Jordan minutes. So you're not getting anything extra from there. Paul Reed is going to play, but obviously the concern with him is the fouls. That wasn't as big an issue in game two. It was George Niang who couldn't stay out of foul trouble, which was a shame because the only real success that the 76ers had in game two were the 10 minutes or so that George Niang was able to be out there and spread that Miami Heat defense out some. That's a concern. And then no one else is a bucket. Danny Green's has completely ran out of three-pointers. And when you come... When you when you add that on to whatever struggles James has after halftime, when you add that on to the fact that Miami is just getting to every loose ball, getting to these offensive rebounds and scoring consistently off of those. I mean, there's not a lot of hope for Philadelphia, except the fact that you don't need to talk about being up three one in a series anymore because you're down two oh. Right. Yeah, that's that's the that's the problem is that they don't have anybody else like what are they they're going to dust off shake Milton for this series. Like, I don't, I don't see that happening, and I don't. And Joel Embiid has to be otherworldly for them to have a shot. And we're we're talking about a game where like Tyrese Maxey played really well, like the top of his game, thirty four points on twenty two shots. You got a twenty one point night from Tobias Harris, four boards, four assists, four steals from Tobias Harris, and you're just not it, even close. Yeah, you know, uh, they dusted off Furkan Korkmaz. He's the only guy who can consistently hit a three, it seems like. You know, that's the other problem that Philadelphia is having. Their perimeter offense, it was it was as bad as it's ever been in game one as far as the the threes. I think they shot like 17 percent in game one, uh, six made threes or something like that. That marginally improved in game two. They're still under 30 percent. So that's too many issues. And yeah, Joel Embiid was an MVP finalist for a reason. But you're not getting peak Embiid anyway, okay? And even if you were, there are way too many issues going on. And, oh, yeah, maybe Miami might be able to slide in Kyle Lowry, who, you know, where is he from, Andrew? <laughs> He's from Philly. Here we he, go. You know, he, might, he, might, he might have some gas for game <laughs> and, three. And, and not only that, Jimmy back in Philly. I mean, it's... It's going to be really interesting. That crowd is going to be, they're going to be heated for a lot of reasons. And yeah, I mean, we look at this Heat team and they're just rolling, but they've been, and they've been doing this all season. They've been prepared for this all season because they have had to roll with different lineups the entire way. And you put Gabe Vincent in the starting lineup, no problem. You put Max Struess in the, in the starting lineup, no problem. You're rolling with Victor Oladipo as basically you're like your seventh man. Great. Let's go. And then when you get to the 76ers, the whole season, it's been Joel or bust. And, you know, they traded for James Harden. He has not been the guy that they thought he would be. Whether that's a hamstring problem or whatever the issue may be, hopefully that gets corrected because I don't want to watch this version of James Harden anymore. Hopefully he gets back. Uh, especially with the kind of contract that he's in line for. They're going to have to have a, a better version of that, of James Harden, going into next season. But it's, this is just a credit to the Heat, Eric Spolstra, the front office, everything that they have done to prepare for this moment. They've, they've got guys lined up that are ready to play, and then you look across the other bench, and they're they're just kind of shrugging their shoulders waiting for their MVP. 
Yeah, man. And, you know, you, you bring up Eric Spolstra. Uh, we brought up Gabe Vincent earlier, but another guy, Max Struess, has basically taken Duncan Robinson completely out of the rotation. Like, Max yep. Struess is starting, and we're just looking at the team being like, oh, Miami Heat. So we come to look at like heat culture. It can be something that you snicker at. You know, you can be like, uh, you know, whatever. But this is real. This two O Lee. It's like it's it's because they have a dozen guys who can look like NBA players out there. And just another point to make: Udonis Haslam. He does. He's on the roster, and it's like he doesn't play. But it's like if when if you have a guy like him on your bench in uniform, and you gotta look at him. It's different. Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Eric Spolstra hasn't they got into it right in that regular season game. But you don't there. There ain't everybody's on the same page in the playoffs because of the level of accountability. I hate to be so negative for Philly, man. It's like it's only 2-0 and Miami right. did what they're supposed to. But I don't have any reason to think that uh, the Philly can. Let's just put it this way. Like, can they win the series? No. Yeah. No. I mean, like, it was, it was reported tonight that that. Joel can't even look at his phone screen because it's it hurts his head so bad. So he's got he's got a ways to go. He's gonna if he's gonna play on Friday, it's gonna be through pain. And he's al- he was already a diminished version of himself with the thumb. And so you're just taking more and more away from this guy. I feel really bad for him because you know, it's just these kind of random injuries that he's getting. It's not even the knee. It's not even like a foot injury. It's it's just these. It's just complete bad luck on his part, and it's it's a shame because you what you want to see, and even Jimmy Butler talked about this post game. Like what you want to see is Embiid against the Heat because that's a series. Like that's absolutely a series. But without him, they're not going to get a series. Uh, let's move on to some news. The Athletics on Shamsharania reports that Brooklyn Nets guard Ben Simmons will undergo surgery on his back on Thursday. He's expected to miss three to four months, but should have a full recovery well ahead of training camp. Uh, thoughts? You know, it's actually a really seamless transition because we're obviously talking about the Sixers. We're talking about Harden and the fact that, um, you know, Harden could make this $46 million. He just has to opt in or whatever. But... Why'd they have Harden on the team? Because Ben Simmons, who last played in game seven for the 76ers in the semifinals against the Hawks last year, he he wasn't able to play all year, whether it was physical, mental, uh, the relationship with the coach, organization, team, what have you. And you just have to wish Ben well at this point because there are so many factors of him returning to play. And now we see how much of the health part of it is at the forefront of his return to play, the timeline and everything. Everything else might follow after that. But the only time that Joel Embiid did not have a an injury in the playoffs during this five-year run the Sixers have been on was in the bubble in 2020. And that was the year that not only did Ben miss the playoffs because of a knee subluxation but before the pandemic started, he had the serious back issues that cropped up that winter. Yep. So this is going back years. And so you just hope that a guy who was the number one pick in the 2016 draft, as young as he is, has whatever is left on his contract, three years or whatever. 
you just hope that he can regain his career and be the player that we think that he can be and that he can be happy uh, and, and just mentally focused doing it. And that's a lot of hurdles to overcome. And, and you just got to feel for him. And that's all there is for me to say about that one. Yeah. Back injuries are scary. You just hope that you get to see Ben Simmons back on the court because like the fully actualized version of Ben Simmons is a really fun basketball player. And so wish him all the best. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. The Phoenix Suns, holy smokes. They beat the Mavs 129 to 109. It, <laughs> they hit a gear in the fourth quarter that it, it absolutely blew my mind. They outscored the Mavs 40 to 26 in the fourth, and it was over fast. It ballooned up to a 20-point game in what felt like 10 seconds. It was insane. Hey, those 10 seconds was right when <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie checked in for Kleba and they went to that all <laughs> oh, small no. lineup. And yep. what was funny about that, Andrew, is you saw game one, right? Phoenix yeah. outclassed Dallas for most of that game. But the fourth yep. quarter, Dallas thought they found something and they kind of made it, made a little run at the end, gave, you know, you know what they say on on at the end of these games. Oh, they gave them something to think about for the next game, right? Right. So when you win by that much, but you had that kind of ending. Like usually it's hard to be like, all right, like we we need to do this better. We need to do that better. I mean, teams might coach speak their way through it in the post-game session, but in reality, it's kind of hard to lock in like that, especially if Chris Paul isn't on your team. But in this case, we all know the maniac that Chris Paul is when it comes to attention to detail and focus for yeah. these possessions, whatever. I believe that the way that game one ended. If there was one thing Phoenix was like, we're absolutely going to improve on for game two, it was they were going to be ready for that lineup. And it was already getting away from Dallas by the time they called that timeout and got uh, Dinwiddie in the game with Luka, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, right? It was already kind of getting away from them. Chris immediately goes on a seven. They they, they go on a 7-0 run, and they get – and they spanked that lineup so bad that they had to put Dwight Powell back into the game. And Dwight Powell has been a mark this whole series. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, just a brutal third quarter for Luka Doncic. And a brutal second half for like the trio of Luka, Brunson, Dinwiddie. They went 6-20 in the second half of, as a trio. And then you had Chris Paul, Booker, and Bridges go 18-24. And not only that, Chris Paul went 9-10. of 10 in the second half, and was absolutely cooking Luka Doncic, calling for it, getting switch, getting the right switch, and then he would just go to work. And this is a guy 
he's almost 14 years older than Luca, which is just wild. Chris Paul turns 37 uh, on Friday, and we're talking about him cooking this 23-year-old and just making him look... I mean, it made him look foolish. And you wonder, if, if you're a Mavs fan... To me, I, you have to wonder about the starts that Luca's having, because he's expending a ton of energy. There's a there's a play where he just he puts maybe seven or eight moves on Cam Johnson getting to the rim, and you're like, that's really cool, but like, are you gonna have that same kind of energy come the fourth quarter? And he he just clearly did not. Yeah, on both ends of the floor, on both ends of the floor, that was the end one. That was a great move. It was um, cool. It was awesome. I mean, yeah. it, you can go look. It's it's like on the front page of NBA Reddit right now. It's very, very cool. But I think that, first of all, Dallas played better in the first half when Luka went to the bench to start that second quarter, man. Yeah. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie was like, all right, I'm unlocked. Like, Spencer got it going. Jalen Brunson, he got in foul trouble. That took him out of rhythm early. And, yeah, Luca actually was trying to get his guys involved. That, that looked good for a while. But the issue there was Phoenix's offense, DeAndre Ayton, he got going again because DeAndre is just trucking Dwight Powell. But yeah. Phoenix didn't get anything out of DeAndre Ayton because of his own foul trouble. Like, Ayton didn't score after the first quarter. Like, mm-hmm. I thought after the way the Mavericks played with Luca off the floor in that second quarter, getting the lead, and then Luca hitting those threes, uh, measuring his step back, having a halftime lead. I was like, Dallas is in good shape. Because, again, we all knew they were going to go small at some point, and they were already taking Aiton out the game. Booker took a while to get going. And the bench, Phoenix's bench, was just terrible, except for Bismack Biombo, because, of course, Bismack Biombo shows up and – and and fits right into this series with Dallas. You know, you know, you know Dallas, man. Dallas is fouling hard. You know, absolutely trying to uh, trying to trying to trying to break the code. Steve Kerr uh, getting getting ready to right. call those dudes out. You know what I'm saying? Like they bring a different <laughs> level of physicality. Jason Kidd don't play. Jason Kidd he'll whisper at a at a press conference and then he'll come in and to the locker yeah. room. You know exactly what he's telling these dudes to do. That dude from Oakland, you already know, but. Mikhail Bridges, he turned the series around because he made sure that Luca wasn't going to cook anybody off the switches. He fought through all those screens, stayed in front of yep. him, frustrated him. They didn't let the Luca playmaker game get going as far as getting guys easy shots and whatnot. Luca had one assist after halftime, four turnovers. And Mikhail Bridges was just there. That dude wore Luca Doncic like a Mavericks jersey tonight. <laughs> That and another uh, interesting performance was from the officials. There was a stretch in the first half where there were four offensive fouls called in the span of two minutes. And they were all just like these really emotional charges. And then there was... I I did not like this. There was a technical foul called on Jay Crowder. He just walked by Luca, talked a little bit of trash to him. Like, this is the playoffs. Like, this is what this is about. And he gets teed up. I don't know. There, there seemed to be a little bit of performance going on with those guys in the first half. Oh yeah, and 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 the, and that was the other part of it. You you just was like, oh, they're gonna rile Luca Doncic up, but the Phoenix Suns they kind of, you know, 
they are they are made for this series, man. I mean, they yeah. just have too many guys where it's like you think that they're going to lose control, but then you recognize, wait, these dudes are just always here. Every damn team Jay Crowder's been on has a bunch of goons on it. And <laughs> some of those goons are really good players, so I shouldn't even call them goons. Right. Right. Jay, Jay's going to do his thing. But then it's like a bunch of dudes who is like legitimately you don't want to step to. Like, again, Chris Paul is on this team. Yep. <laughs> Chris Paul, like president, former president, Chris Paul, elder statesman, Chris Paul's on the scene. Mm-hmm. They're going to have his own NBA library, or, you know, <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> like you can't get over on a team like that, generally speaking. And Monty's yeah. chill. Like, it's not like Chris Paul and Doc Rivers, where it's like, God bless those guys, like entertaining team. I'm very familiar with them, but those who's always got on the referees nerves because all of them would all, there was no counter. There was no complimentary forces there. Monty is super chill. So whatever crap is being talked on the court, Monty's just over there stoic as ever. And the team takes on that persona too. That's why this team goes in every damn fourth quarter with a lead and they haven't lost a damn game yet all year. They just know what they want to do. That's the difference for Dallas in this series. They might come out thinking we're just going to be more physical. Y'all in a different series now, and we're about to see what that energy is going to be like. We just got finished talking about birthdays, Andrew. You brought up Chris Paul's age if you want to. (laughs) That's a birthday game for Chris Paul. Can't wait to see what that's going to be like Friday night. That's exactly right. That is a birthday game. Watch out. And, you know, he had an amazing fourth quarter. He was hitting everything in the mid-range. He manufactured that foul on Jalen Brunson around half court that was just only about Chris Paul. Like, poor Jalen Brunson is just just standing there just trying to exist, just trying to dribble the basketball. And then Chris just turns his arm into somehow that he gets a foul call, which is just it's just one of those moments where, like, that's only Chris Paul. Looked only right Chris at Paul. Tony Brothers after that, too. He did. <laughs> him on the back. Ran by him said it's my birthday on Friday. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Ding. That's going to do it for today's show. Point of contention is next. Law, send us out. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs>